Dad. Yes. Can you come up? Okay. We want you to say something on mic. On mic. All right. Well, you know, I sometimes listen to none taken, but very seldom. <laughs> I can nail it. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, you got the John Bolton audio awesome. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've got two audios. I was watching it like when it happened, and the first thing I thought it was like, fuck, I got to text Dustin about yeah. that. Is that a headline? It's not, It's but you have it in your notes on the front right there. Should that just be how we open the show? Yeah, probably. Yeah. So you sent me this yesterday, and like sometimes when you send me stuff, because Alan, how many hours of cable news a day do you watch? <laughs> at least three. At least three hours. So yeah. especially since you've been living at home so much lately, <laughs> yeah. I uh, and like you don't usually send me things. Like you'll send me clips on either Twitter or Instagram, but mm-hmm. you very rarely will be like, "I just saw this, and I need to tell you," <laughs> like like. In a way where you're almost like, you need to go on the internet right now, Dustin, and like rip this audio for next Find week's this. show. Yeah, yes. yeah. That, there was a moment yesterday that I was like, oh shit, did he really just say that on live television? And Jesus like, Christ. sure enough, it actually was as big of a deal as you were making it sound like, and we didn't have to do any of that work because the internet was like, yeah, don't worry, we're clipping that shit up. I can't believe <laughs> yeah. it. So why don't you actually set the table on what this was? Where were you? What were you wearing? Where were you at? <laughs> I was at home. I was watching CNN as I often am want to do, and it was the uh, it was Jake Tapper. Fake show. news. <laughs> Anyways, they were he was interviewing John Bolton, um, Wal- the walrus, Iron Iran man. Yes, uh, famous uh, famous mustached man. Yeah. Um, Ambassador Bolton. What is he? Ambassador uh, he to? ambassador for, to the UN. Oh, right, the U.S. ambassador to the UN. Because that makes perfect sense. Um. So he's interviewing Ambassador Bolton. Uh, National Security Advisor to Trump. Right. Basically getting his reaction Bush, to no. the January 6th committee um, uh, releases that happened that day. Um, and so he starts to criticize the the terminology of calling it a coup on Jan 6th. And he says, oh, he, he says, says this. Um, is he just not capable of, of hearing no? Well, when it comes to his personal advantage, the answer is he doesn't listen to anybody else. But I think this it's also important to understand, while nothing Donald Trump did after the election uh, in connection with uh, the lie about the election fraud, none of it is defensible. None of it is defensible. Uh, it's also a mistake, as some people have said, including on the committee, the commentators, that somehow this was a carefully planned coup d'etat aimed at the Constitution. That's not the way Donald Trump does things. It's rambling from one half vast idea to another, one plan that falls through and another comes up. That, that's what he was doing. As I say, none of it defensible. But you have to understand the nature of what the problem of Donald Trump is. He's, to use a Star Wars metaphor, a disturbance in the force. And it's not an attack on our democracy. It's Donald Trump. He Hold on. He, of all people, should know that it's a combination of Donald Trump winging it, and it'll be cool, and, and the people around him that don't want him to be out of power for of similar common should, interests. Of right? all people, he should know this. Okay. Yes. So that's different than what he's saying, and very obvious. Like, you know, yes, and like you said, he's smart enough to know. Looking uh, I'm this. probably going to trim a lot of this out, because this is a two-and-a-half-minute clip, but we right, haven't right. gotten to it yet, but the, I think we're close. The end is a good part. Okay. Out for Donald Trump. It's a once-in-a-lifetime occurrence. I don't know that I agree with you, to be, to be uh, fair, with all due respect. Uh, one doesn't have to be brilliant to attempt a coup. Uh, I disagree with that. As somebody who has helped plan coup d'etat, oh. yeah. not here, but, you know, oh. other places, uh, it takes a lot of work. And that's not what he did. It, it was just stumbling around coup, from one idea to another. <laughs> Ultimately, he did unleash the rioters at the Capitol. The As to that, there's no, no doubt. You know. No, no. <laughs> what the fuck, man? Like what the actual fuck? Yeah, like that—that's not senility. That's arrogance, right? That complete, one hundred percent. You know, as somebody who's planned a couple coup d'etats here and there. Yeah, uh, I, it's I like me you, and Elliot Abrams have completely yeah. destabilized Central and Central America, Southern America, Southern America. <laughs> and and the Middle East. But you know, like, yeah. 
it's not you know it's just not something you can just kind of throw up together on a blackboard like this this stuff takes you got spreadsheets you got powerpoints there's there's a lot that goes trust me shit. man I, like me, i keep I've trying to it. come up ways of saying it and all i'm saying is what he literally said like i keep trying to be hyperbolic and i can't like i'm at the end of the potential ways to say this in a crazy way he just said them yeah you need <sighs> interns man you need interns you need a whole staff should we hit record yeah one two three all right, you ready? I am ready. Are you recording? Yes. <laughs> All right, well, you want to start a show? Let's start a show. That podcast is filling your head with garbage. No offense taken there. Well, it sounds like none taken. Welcome to None Taken Friday Headlines Roundup Edition, where every week my good friend Alan stays at home and reads his medication bottles until he figures out ways to interpret them into headlines. We come on here and we talk them at you. Because I watch, thir- I listen to thirteen hours of podcasts a day, and Alan watches three hours of cable news, so you don't have to. Fuck that one up. <laughs> I pause somewhere. Uh, how you doing, bud? Happy Friday. Right. Happy Friday. Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome to the show. I'm like week way ahead in the music. How come there's so much time left? I know. I feel like you usually say more stuff. I think that's just the other show, and then oh. I, maybe I do a longer welcome. Perhaps. 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 That is it. Perhaps. Uh, dude, um, I, should I play the other audio from him? I don't know if it's any good. The, he he was, uh, he responded. I guess we can talk about that after. Um, you want to play it? We can play it at the top. Yeah, I'll play it now. Okay, cool. Yeah. So this was Bolton on um, Fox. Newsmax, of course, it was on Newsmax. Oh. So the guy goes on CNN and Newsmax. Like... <laughs> CNN such whores. Like once you go to Newsmax, they should be like, "Fuck you, we're not talking to you." Yeah, like, we don't talk to you anymore. You got yeah. Newsmax all over you, Ambassador. I do have to ask you also your comment yesterday on CNN about coups and orchestrating them. It's getting a lot of play, so as smiley. you know. Um, what like, would you hi. like to say to that? Obviously, um, the U.S. is a world superpower, and uh, were you surprised that some of the pickup there was about you know your talk? Obviously, you've written about Venezuela a lot in your book. Well, I think there are a lot of snowflakes out there that don't understand what you need to do to protect the United States. Uh, I'm not going to get into specifics. I did write about Venezuela uh, in in my memoir. Uh, And I think that any president that's not willing to do what it takes to protect the interest of the American people needs to have some uh, some counseling. He might as well have said, you need me on that wall. You want me on that wall. You, you want me on that well, wall. You, you handle the truth. Yeah, yeah. You're goddamn right. I ordered the code red. Like, what the f- Like, we live in a post. Like, that would mean nothing now. That means nothing these days. This man just got on television and admitted to orchestrating coups. Like, I it mean, we knew it, it, but like, no. Yeah, exactly. Well, what's, fuck, didn't I ask this? Did I not make this a show question where, where I would like, um, so go, yeah i did we talked about this before like in watergate it was like what did the president know and when did he know it and then it right. was like the cover-up is worse than the crime because you know you think you can lie to all of us and and it shows more about your character even more about your character and we've gone from that impeaching a president because the cover-up not the crime to yeah of course they're liars and thieves and cheats you know they all are they're politicians like we've learned that in the process and now we right. live in the world where we're just like <clears throat> not surprised like it doesn't not only we're not surprised we just we don't even it's like well, what mechanism do you have to do anything about this he's not in any power he's gonna be on you know he was on newsmax the next day he'll be on cnn again like oh, there's no mechanism to do that. no it's just and it, i guess it, we all knew that i mean as he said he did write about it we were aware that he had the things that he had done i mean generally speaking we don't mm-hmm. know all the details uh, i'm sure there's a lot more that we don't know but but for him it's not it's just the hubris of it all right it's just the the, to just come out there and be like, yeah, I did that and, and I'm proud of it. And if you're not willing to do things like that to save your country, then I don't know what to tell you. What's the, uh, uh, you got to break a few omelets to make an egg. 
something. But where are all the eggs? Or where, where are all the omelets, right? Like, where, where are all the omelets? Yeah. Indeed. Where are I they? guess with the U.S. we can see the omelets because we can see all the fucked up countries that we uh, <laughs> kept ourselves in power for probably decades past our prime. Well, they're still dealing with the consequences of that shit down there. Yeah. Like, it's, it's still oh, a shit show uh, in a lot of those dude, countries. I mean, you could make the argument that Mexico is half of as it is because uh, after the end of the Mexican-American War, the money that we paid them as, a settle, as ways of, like, settling it mostly evaporated into their creditors. So it's like, they didn't see it. Look at uh, Haiti. Same thing, right? Like the tax they had to pay oh, to France. The worst. Like, they had yeah. to pay France a shit ton yeah. just to like, th- escape slavery. And that's, I mean, that's why they're where they are. Oh, it hamstrung their country yeah. for, yeah. yeah, probably decades to come. That's uh, what he's talking about having, a, having done. Like, yes. this is something to be outraged over. But like, okay, but at the same time, what's the what's the other thought that we're both, uh, at, we're being the snowflakes he's accusing us of because... Like we don't understand what it takes to project American power and blah 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 blah. What would you say to what like what would you say to somebody who would say that like they're torn on this? I would say that that we don't need to project American power into Southern and Central America to to be an effective. Because what would have been the worst thing that would happen if those countries became socialist? Oh my God, Peru is socialist. Like, that, okay, yeah. But that I mean that was a huge deal back then. I, yeah. I, just as a I think um, speaking of. In, in, hi- I'm sorry, in hindsight, we should have let that happen and then had those yes. systems failed and then we wouldn't we would actually have a leg to stand on by saying and that. then we could swoop in and be the, uh, yeah. you know, the knights in shining yeah. armor. Yeah. 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 What were you going to say? I was going to say, speaking of who knew what and when, we should talk about some of the stuff that came out of the. Oh, Gen shit. 6. That's right. We have real headlines. We do. OK, you start. We do. All right. So let's do a couple of things. So I think, first of all, um, one of the big things was how... Wait, what are you talking about? What's the first headline? Oh, well, I'm on your um, your bullet points here. Oh, that's just for me. I know, but I have my own stuff. I'm, oh, okay. Um, well, let's... Isn't there a headline? I mean, the headline is the Jan 6 committee. Yeah, yeah but uh, isn't there one in the thing? No, no, there's not. Oh, okay. I apologize. You made your list. Why? You wouldn't do this to me. You wouldn't be like, no, no, that's uh, that's making fun of the less dust left, Dustin. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Please run your show. <laughs> oh, boy. No. All right. So one of the things that came out yesterday, I think that was one of the bigger sort of bombshells, was that there's been this premise that the, the whole idea of going from the ellipse to the capital was sort of just him winging it or that wasn't planned and nobody knew that was going to happen until mm-hmm. he said it. Um, we, we now have evidence that in fact, that was planned, that he had talked about it, that um, he had let people know. Uh, for like instance, the event organizers event organizers, the alley guy knew about the it. Ali Alexander, Ali Alexander. Um, and essentially was like, yeah, we're going to do it, but we don't want to make it very well known because we don't want the feds to try to stop us, essentially, uh, in his words Wait. or their words, sabotage yeah. uh, that. So that that was a planned thing. It wasn't like this was just, you know, flying by the seat of his pants like he always does. Like, oh, shit, let's go to the Capitol and let them, you know. Uh, no, this was this was a planned thing. This was well known. The people that were part of organizing the event were aware of it. And that was what they knew was going to happen. So there's that's point one. Um, did you see the text messages from his campaign manager? No, I. So I listened to uh, the Lawfare recap of the hearings, and the. D- d- did you listen to that by any chance? I did not. the The host was uh, the guy that talks like a computer engineer. Um, yeah. you know who I'm talking about uh, yes, the, the just no business hosting a fucking podcast. I'm sorry. I mean, he does, he has the skill set too, but he does not sound like it. Um, anyways, just slanderous. Sorry. As I meander, he, he, he basically moderated, uh, four, four people on there with him saying he didn't think it was very, um, it was the least impressive day of the hearing so far. Really? I, the half the guests thought he was full of shit. They're like, no, what about this, this, and this? And you're saying those things. So, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't like just, well, cause they kind of made it sound like to after yesterday, they were going to prove, or after Tuesday, they were going to be able to prove that Trump was communicating with these people and they had like hard evidence of it. And there really isn't that great of evidence. Right. 
there isn't that great of evidence that we do have we do have text messages okay what are the text messages and who are they from <clears throat> well so the text messages i was actually getting to there, there we do have text messages from ali alexander to uh proud boys uh, members as well as other uh three percenters or one percenters, whatever it is. and they're citing that they talked to the president and what he and and that that we are going to go to the capitol okay that it was it planned. quiet so it doesn't get sabotaged okay yes. all right so that's um, one thing that's why you come that's one sorry you said that the what I was, I'm actually trying to find now. I, I thought I had it pulled up. Uh, Brad Parscale, who oh, was, yes. I remember that name. Yeah, former campaign manager. He was, we have text messages from him um, to another person on the Trump team, um, <clears throat> wherein he expresses regret at having helped Trump win um, and says, Oh, it's, it's Trump advisor Katrina Pearson who he's texting. Um, and he says that that the rhetoric, Trump's rhetoric, um, killed people on January sixth. So this is post Jan six. Oh wow! Uh, oh wow! And he feels responsible for it. And she says, "Well, that's not your fault. You were just doing what you thought was best at the time." And his rhetoric didn't actually kill people. And he says, "No, you're wrong. It did." Wow. Yeah. So that's pretty crazy. I think I think one of the other things that comes out of all of this because we now have we have White House counsel. Um, Cipollini, Cipollini. No, no, no. He has a name, and I'll 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 show you how to say it easily. Okay. There's a a little linguistic trick that'll help you. Ready? Ready. What's his first name? Uh, shit. Pat. I remember Pat. I remember his last name. Pat. Okay. Pat Cipollini. Patsy Bellini. Ah, Patsy Bellini. Patsy Bologna. Because it's it's Pat Cipollini is how it's pronounced. Pat Cipollini. Pat Cipollone, Patsy Baloney, Patsy Baloney. And I know this because the uh, teleprompter lady, what's that called? Closed captions? I, yeah. I always imagine it's a computer lady instead of a, a man lady. I don't know why. Sexist. Um, they <laughs> typed out uh, Patsy Baloney on the screen. Really? Yeah, but it was it was at the last hearing, and I never saw it until uh, Buzz, the show he was on with Bob today, they called it uh, Pat, Patsy Baloney. That's funny. And I was like, damn it, that would have been a good show name. So he um, he talks about a meeting that happened in the White House in December. I think this is like December 18th or 19th. This was like the, the what did they call this? Like the batshit crazy meeting or yes, something like that? The batshit crazy meeting. Did they actually were those their words? I don't think that was his exact words, okay. but I think that, something like crazy. that. Some hyperbole. So essentially he found out that um, that there was a meeting happening in the Oval Office between um uh it was giuliani it was uh sydney powell sydney powell and the overstock.com i was just gonna say that yeah the the my pillow guy oh wait the the overstock guy yeah lindell wasn't there for this one oh wow Um, wait really what happened to zappos why didn't they pick zappos i don't know so overstock okay so he finds out that this meeting's happening and essentially crashes it because he's like these guys are giving the president terrible advice um this is when they're telling him that all these b- different batshit crazy ideas of how he should, you know, attempt to overturn. You're saying this batshit crazy meeting, and it was like this is the one they said at first. It was like it, they said it was like six hours long or something, right? Yeah. And it went well, from like one during... part of the White House to another to another, like yes, okay. yes. And he walked in on part of it because he heard it was happening, and he didn't even know who the Overstock.com guy was. Uh-huh. He's like, "Who are you? And why are you?" Here? Yeah, right. Like, why are you literally talking to the president of the United States? Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, they're that, they're a huge right wing company actually. I know you know why I know this. I don't. Back when Michael Moore's Fahrenheit 9/11 movie came out, mm-hmm. um, they were the plat the platform where you could buy the countering documentary. It really? was only available on Overstock because I listened to a lot of um, right. Uh, well, I, I was going to say right wing radio. I, all I meant to say was I listened to a lot of AM radio at the time, and it was <laughs> either thing. sports or right wings talk, and that yeah, was, was they were the they were plugging shit on Overstock. I apologize, but I'm not surprised. Yeah. So anyways, <clears throat> so, so what was so, the point of that meeting? They were coming up with crazy stuff. And Patsy Baloney was like, hold on, I got to put a stop to that. Yes. Okay. And, and what he was saying. So this was after essentially all the legal options had been exhausted. And towards the end of December, um, all of those lawsuits had been shot down. 60, whatever had been shot. down. Yeah. Um, it, it was it was over. Um, and we got testimony from other people, like including Ivanka Trump, other people around the president, all who said, look, it was over at that point. We knew it. And it's and um, si- Baloney was the uh, legal counsel to the office of the president, right? 
White like House legal White counsel. House counsel. Yes. Okay. White House legal counsel. I just feel like it's important in case the listener doesn't know. We like live and fucking breathe this shit. Like we can't assume everybody does that. Right, right, right. Okay. Sure, sure. So in the meeting um, after everything was sort of they were yelling at each other. They were, they were calling each other names. Giuliani admits to calling people pussies. Uh, and I'm sure it was much worse than that. Um, <clears throat> That's where um, Powell, Sidney Powell thought that she had the authority to start like a special counsel, I think. No, Trump asked the White House counsel if he could appoint her as a special counsel and, and have her um, essentially go and seize voting machines and start start trying. Guess to who arrest. had that theory before the election? And I don't want to say you called me crazy, but I think you were like, I don't know, Dustin, that's a little too far. I, I was a little bit skeptical of that. I was like, no, were- my biggest fear is they're going to see the election not go their way and they're going to go seize voting machines. And he fucking tried to. He tried to two ways. He tried to have the DOJ and the DOD do it. Um, and, and then have Sidney Powell appointed as a special uh, counsel to, to even go further. So he asked White House counsel if she could be appointed and if she could be given the resources to do that. And he, they, he said, yes, but I'm not going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and so that's how that's how the meeting. ended. That's now what ended the meeting. OK, so yeah. that, so what is the result of that meeting having took place? is that we know that Trump had been told by everybody around him, everybody in his circle, that it was over. And that except for people like Sidney Powell and Giuliani, who were saying, no, fuck that. We'll find legal loopholes to get around this, including um, including that Brad guy, Brad Parscale, mm-hmm. was like, we'll find legal, we'll find a constitutional loophole to essentially overturn a free and fair election. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have those three people or those few people on one side, and almost everybody else, the DOD, the DOJ, um, you had even Barr, Bill Barr. It's like, no, it's it's over. It's done. I told him it's done. I don't want anything to do with this. Um, and he was still pressing forward in attempt to overturn the election. This wasn't. I mean, so you can you can ask yourself. Did Trump actually believe that the election was stolen? I don't think it matters at that point. Like that would be the same as saying like, I didn't believe that I would kill that person. Like you still, no, committed, it doesn't matter. Right. It, it, you, but I mean, you could still ask the question. Did actually Okay. But I, I don't think, but that, did. but the answer to that question doesn't make somebody not, he would have to be incredibly delusional, but it doesn't matter. Like there's, there's, there's no, legal, right. like, I'm not saying the, in terms of me and you, I mean, in terms of the way that the law is interpreted that there's, um, Willful ignorance is not a permissible excuse. I think that word right. willful is, you ignorance can't, is what you can't say. I didn't. I wasn't aware of the law. Or I after you just had a seven-hour argument with every legal advisor you could. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. You can't say I, I wasn't aware of what I was doing was wrong, um, and, and that be the re- your legal argument for for you know as an excuse. Right. Um, you're correct. Uh, it's still. I think it's you know just intellectually interesting to ask yourself it, the question. It, sure. Um. I, I don't th- I don't see any way that's possible. He had to know. Yeah. I, I mean, he had to know. Um, I, I think those are the, really the big things. Well, that came I, out of you, OK, sir. so a couple of things like when you talk about that first your first point about um, the it wasn't a, like an impromptu thing that they were going to move towards the Capitol. Right. right? right. Um, they so that means that he knew in advance that that was the plan was to go there, right? To direct this mob towards the Capitol, right? That's right. And you remember last week I talked about um, him asking them to take out the metal detectors. Right. Well, even though he knew they had weapons. So that means at the time that he was asking them to be allowed in with weapons and be directed towards... He knew he knew at that time that he was saying no let them in anyways that that group of that people with weapons was Capitol. who he was going to send. I mean you don't have to say sick cuz I I mean that's really bias. I'm trying to okay. I mean, every, I don't fuck that. Everybody knows my bias anyways, but I'm just saying like I don't need to, you know, sick makes the rest of the words after it dismissible. <laughs> um okay. but like this isn't happening that yet. So that wasn't ha- these these ideas that we're learning like a couple weeks apart from each other aren't happening in a vacuum from each other. That's right. Like, yeah. Well there was other things like there was accusations of witness tampering. Um, I think that so, came out in between the two. Like they they had they had attempted to contact uh, uh, Cassidy from last week or two weeks ago, the last uh, the last episode. Um, <laughs> but yeah. then there was someone else that I don't. Do we even know who the person is, or is the name not significant? So Liz Cheney at the end of yesterday's or, or Wednesday's um, rather Tuesday's rather 
um, hearings um, said that a unnamed witness, in fact, a, a witness that we haven't actually heard from yet. So not only is there a name, we, oh. know, but we haven't even heard their testimony yet, was reached out to directly by Trump. OK. Um, and so. I've, asked, so I've understood that they've passed that information on to DOJ, but there isn't. Yeah. There isn't like any more follow up said about that. As right? far as now, okay. there's been a lot of speculation. They're like, well, is that witness tampering? And like, well, no, she didn't answer the phone. So there was a phone call, but but she didn't answer it. So here's a weird thing is that <clears throat> a lot of these witnesses that have been brought before this committee, at least at first, were their lawyers were provided to them by the, the Trump, Trump team. Right, because they were trying to keep them from getting far enough to have to... They well, were not only to, that, but I mean, they were a part of the Trump, you know... Yeah, they, they already had of, counseling or right. counsel. Yeah. Right. So, in fact, some of them, including Cassidy Hutchinson, who you just mentioned last week, um, had to, she chose to change her lawyer uh, and get a, a different lawyer because she felt that the, her lawyer wasn't representing her um, and was trying to represent Trump as, as opposed mm-hmm. to her. Um, but she went in there, but she went in there not necessarily planning to flip from what I understand. She kind of had a moment where she's like, okay, well, I can't do what I feel like I need to do if I keep this lawyer. That's right. Okay. So I don't think that there is uh, a case for witness tampering, although like just. Well, Merrick Garland's looking at it or the Justice Department's looking at it. Here's the thing. We don't don't really know. Trump, not necessarily, but his legal team has a track record of leaving voicemails. Um, they weren't like <laughs> names that we would have cared about, but there was a voicemail left by one of his lawyers to one of the people that testified at another time. Um, yeah. or no, it was on, it was with Michael Flynn. Um, but yeah, saying we're, we're sure you're going to do the right thing. Yeah. You're be on the team. And all yeah, that. yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. So yeah. there may be a voicemail. We don't know. All we know is that it's been passed on to the DOJ. Um, Bannon. And we don't even know who the person was. Right. So, right. Yeah. Bannon is, uh, set to testify. Now, <sighs> what, you know, here's the thing with Bannon. He's facing a criminal charge already. And, in hopes to try to, he tried to pull two tricks off and I believe he's failed at both. So in hopes to have his criminal charge reduced or dropped, he said, okay, I'll play ball with you and, and, uh, testify in your J six committee. And he said, and he said, I know you're right. And then he (laughs) said, I under the stipulation that my testimony goes out live because he's going to go up and parrot, you know, Trump's spin and well, whatever. He wants a circus. He That's wants to plan. flood the zone. He's the guy that says Bannon's the flood the zone guy. That's his, you know, sta- uh, signal and noise. Right. But, mm-hmm. but so the, the judge basically said like, no, you're still charged. You're still going to trial. And the committee's like, no, we're not going to put you up publicly. <laughs> like, all right. So like, fuck off. Like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He, he, want, he wants the spectacle. He wants the circus. As you said, he wants to flood the zone and create a lot of noise. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not, like that's he, he would have just, like an Oliver North he, hearing, basically. Yeah, yeah. You, would, but you can't just like break the law and then a week later say, oh, I'm going to I'm actually going to do the thing you wanted me to do. It's going to be fine. I mean, like, a lot of people have done that, but I know what you mean. <laughs> like, that's not how the laws work. No, like, that's how just, privilege works. And it usually works fair. out for, you know, upper class, rich white for guys. People yeah. privileged. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think so. Can I just say, like, can we just pretend for a moment that we didn't live in the world where this happened a year and a half ago? And Mm -hmm. like, what if like, what if we had like a close election in 2020, but Trump eventually caved in, even if he resisted at first and it was sort of like Bush Gore 2000, it went on too Mm -hmm. long and then, you know, okay. Um, and then let's just imagine what if. Brandon at the end of 2024, when he loses, because likely he decides to hold a rally near the Capitol, having known that he lost, like everyone would be very suspicious of this happening, right? They'd be like, why are you holding a, like there, there isn't an exit interview. Like this isn't uh, an exit rally. Like nobody does that, right? Like like it would be unusual to be doing that. Like how, like, I just don't understand how anybody can look back at what Trump did that day and just bring out any excuses. Yeah, no, I hear you. I think like that- he assembled a mob and we've found out that he knew that people had, you know, I don't, 
I'm not the type of person that wants to throw a fit over someone having weapons. So I don't like saying this sentence, but he knew those people had weapons. So he knew he had an armed mob and he knew that his plan was to then tell them to go to the Capitol. Like this is this, I don't, I, I don't understand the excuses. Like I can't understand the excuses other than partisans. Yeah, I don't either. They're actually the sort towards the end of the hearings yesterday. They had some some live um, testimony, um, one from a the guy who actually had worked for the Proud Boys before and was at the Stop the Steal rally that day on January sixth, and another guy who was just a, a Trump supporter who happened to be at the at the rally and went to the Capitol. And he even says the the, the Trump supporter who just was at the rally and went to the Capitol and has experienced a lot of consequences from that in his life. You know, he lost his job, his house, all that kind of stuff, right? Um, his house left him? Yeah, his house left him. Wow, it's that's bad. bad. It's a bad country song. Um, <laughs> he says that, you know, he actually, he really bought it. He was, he was all in. He was, he was sucked down that social media sinkhole. <laughs> he was following everything that, that Trump was saying. Because understand, it, it wasn't just January 6th. It was, the months leading up to that, yeah. where Trump was saying that there was fraud, that all this, all these allegations of fraud, all you know, and all the people around him, Giuliani at the Total Four Seasons Landscaping Company, having oh that God. same, you know, all, all the, remember it wasn't that, just that, you January, know there, there was, was hysteria, yeah, led, led up to this, and there are people that just really bought into that hysteria. He was one of them, and he he says, "Look, I I don't believe any of that anymore, but I was caught up." You know what's um, funny to me? What's that? How much did I cut you off there? No, that's that's the group of people like that side of it. People that show up to Trump rallies and storm the Capitol. That's the group of people that said all of y'all are freaking out over the cold and you're all underneath mass psychosis and you're behaving Trump derangement syndrome. Yeah. Yeah. But they can't imagine that the possibly could have happened to a different group of persons that they're a part of like but that's that's what happens when people get drawn into like fascist or just cults in general though or cults in general right that's just that mentality sure you 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 get so closed in it's the same thing with the people that believe in QAnon. like Mm -hmm. that you know oftentimes if you actually you hear them interviewed or, or you know some of them who maybe come out of that um, they were kind of, they felt alone and isolated. And this, this thing was like a, it was something that they could believe in. And the fact that everybody was telling them they were wrong was more validation. Sure. They were right. Sure. You well, know, because like, every time they would hear that they were wrong, they'd come up with a reason to yeah. overcome that objection. And then their body, their brain gives them a dopamine reward for that. And they believe their invented idea more than the truth they were presented with. We talk about this every episode. This is a mind hack. That's what, yeah. that's what that is. Yeah. And so I don't, I feel bad for people that, that I do too. That, I do too. You know? Like, well, that's my whole thing is I'm like, like that, like, look at me, like, look at the show that we fucking do. Not look at me. Like, look, look at the show we do. Right. Like, look, look at our audience, like very different fucking people and political outlooks and opinions. All over the place. And, yes. and it, I like it that way. I do too. Like that, yeah. th- th- it is very possible. Like, like I, you're convincing yourself that you can't live with these people. Right. We used to do it. We had hippies and squares. I mean, come on. Is there anything more diametrically opposed? Like these MAGAs and people that want to live off in the woods in a commune are actually pretty similar in a lot of ways too. Like you guys can get along. I don't know. Hippies and squares don't have a lot to overlap on. Until it's hip to be square. Oh man. Huey Lewis. He brought it all together. That's true. (laughs) Hey, Paul, do you like Huey Lewis? (laughs) Sports was really his best album. Yeah. Um, yeah. So actually, just one more thing. So okay. the other guy, the, the guy who used to work for the Proud Boys, who was also um, uh, in front of the committee live towards the end of uh, the hearings, he um, he also experienced. I think he, he was he was all in, and then he maybe saw sort of from the inside what was going on. He his testimony was look. The leader of the Proud Boys felt that he he sort of fantasized himself as this big paramilitary leader. Mm-hmm. Um, and he felt that Trump was communicating with him directly and that Trump uh-huh. would 
indeed invoke the Insurrection Act, and they would be called up um, and, and to do whatever needed to be done. Like literally that st- stand back, stand by, and st- what is it? Step back and stand by, or whatever he says. Stand by, debate. yeah. Mm-hmm. Like he is that what he's talking about? Like that's like, part of what he's talking about. Yes. Wow. Um, people spoken like I, it's like the fifth time I've said hyperbole, but people were kind of hyperbolic when that happened. They're like, "Oh, he's talking directly to them, and you're fucking crazy if you don't believe that." It's like. I, I don't know when you talk like that, I can't listen, but, um, like, but damn man, moments like this, give those people, you know, if, if, if Joe Rogan's going to say Alex Jones is right a lot, I mean, we got to say those people are right a lot too. <laughs> fair, fair. But he talks about, you know, he was with proud boys back when the Bundy was it the Bundy. Yeah. Off the book. I heard he people talking about Bundy lately. So they're saying that, that a lot of this ties back to that. Well, he, he sort of, he was a, this particular guy was an independent, independent, uh, journalist, and he covered the Bundy Ridge, whatever standoff in Oregon, and right? Then, the, in Oregon, they call that Yal Qaeda. Okay, uh, yeah, he covered that, and as a result of that, he was offered a job to sort of run the media empire for Proud Boys, and so he was in the organization for many years doing that. Um, so he had a front row seat um, up until all this happened, and he he decided he couldn't deal with it anymore, and it had gone too far, and he ejected. Huh. Um, so he was he was an interesting guy to hear talk as well. Um, I'm glad he had more of a maverick ejection than a goose ejection. <laughs> yeah. It'd been funnier if I said it like right after you said it, but you know, no, I waited I, for you to talk. You know, I was, po- I I was being polite. It. Yeah, it was good. It was good timing. Well, uh, do yeah. you want to go out of this upbeat record into a fucking dead dog video into oh, a the dead kids video? Oh my God. Okay. So the other things that kind of came out yesterday or this week, um, before we get into the, our regular headlines, um, there was the a video released of the uh, Uvalde school shooting, um, sort of the closed captioning uh, video that was within the, um, the school itself. So you actually, you can see in the video, the beginning where the, he crashes his truck into like this berm, gets out and starts just shooting at random people and then runs into the school. You actually see very clearly him just walking into the school with his, his assault rifle around his, um, his shoulders there. Um, and then I got to say, see- actually the, the worst, I mean, I don't have much of a stomach for seeing things like this. Like when it's fake, it's fine. But like real videos like this, I've never been a fan of. Um, there's a scene right after he goes in, in that video, which I watched the whole thing. Um, what, where he's down the hallway about to shoot a door open, like kick a door open, start blasting. And um, a, a little kid comes around the corner. He was walking in the hallway yeah. and he sees him, but I don't, think, away. I don't think the guy sees the kid and the no. kid backs away. And then the shooting starts. It's just, yes, it's horrific. Um, and then you see not even like, I don't know, maybe five minutes later, you see police arrive and they're on there. The scene yep. And they're there. Yeah. They're in the hallway. And they're just standing and they're just there. Standing there. Pumping the hand sanitizer, making sure they're the fucking. The hand sanitizer dude. guy fucking, what the hell? And they're still shooting at There's him. that cop with the screensaver of the Punisher, which, like, cops fucking love the Punisher, despite the Punisher hating cops. I'm completely <laughs> yeah. missing the point of, like, like there's literally. The guy, he, there's the guy pulls out his phone and checks his phone, like, just randomly while there's people, kids getting shot. Like, they're there for over an hour before anybody actually breaches the room. And all the bullshit they told us about him being barricaded, about, you know, the original timeline that, that, that we were given, all complete bullshit. Like, I, I, This I, is what the cops sued to prevent the public of seeing. Yes. Yeah. I don't know. I, I saw some, uh, the, the former police chief from Philadelphia, I think, was, was being interviewed. And he, after he saw the video and he just said it was a complete disgrace, it made him embarrassed to be um, in law enforcement. And this is a guy who ran a, you know, pretty tough police department for years. Um, He's like, look, I I buried eight police officers in my, in my term um, who were killed in the line of duty. Um, I know what heroism looks like. That's not what that was. So like, is this, is this, can this be a moment where all these people that wear thin blue line shirts and flags and stickers on their car, can recognize that this is this is what we've been talking about when we feel like not every fucking cop but many police departments are either corrupt or filled with cowards or you know writing chicken shit tickets instead of actually enforcing laws solving crime like this is what people are complaining about we're not saying police 
I mean, sometimes we are, but we're not saying police are uh, what all, all police are um, fatherless sons. Like, we're not saying that, right? Like, <laughs> cap, yeah. Right. I mean, sometimes I we mean, are. Sometimes we are, but this is obviously like, is, can this know, be a moment? Like, I don't know. I don't know. It, it, I mean, I think if if we didn't learn it from the George Floyd incident or any of the other multiple incidents that we've had since or before that, I. Look, it's not easy to be a cop, and we've said that before. It's not an easy job to do, but people choose to do it, and we right. pay them to do that right. job. They get trained to do that job. Right. Um, it's not for everybody. Uh, clearly, it wasn't for those guys in that hallway. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. No, I honestly, I, I would be doing the listeners a disservice to follow that up with anything. Well put, man. Very well put. All right. Uh, let's well, talk about was, our U.S. Yeah, let's get headlines. into our headlines. So, why don't you take a break? Of, I'll do the first one. Okay, yeah. Most of our headlines this week are, are actually not about children being shot or our no, political system I mean, being ran by a bunch of corrupt cowards. Yeah, that... I think we covered that pretty okay. well in the intro there. So, right. um, yeah, here we go. So first headline, Russia temporarily shut down the Nord Stream 1 pipeline. What? Europe's largest national gas. Oh, one. OK, got one, it. Two never got finished. Right, right. For uh, 10 days of scheduled maintenance. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, sparking concern among European leaders, it may not be restarted after the maintenance period. It's a special maintenance operation, is what they're calling it. <laughs> as soon as they denazify Europe, <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna reopen that pipeline oh just as soon God, as they get the Nazis out of oh, wow the EU. Did you listen uh, to the Friedman interview with the former KGB ed- uh, agent? No, I didn't. I didn't Dude, it's so good. One of the things that was like, I, I swear, I didn't not know this, but just hearing somebody talk about it from their specific perspective makes you really realize that like when the Cold War started, there were former Nazis in Germany. They didn't just magically disappear. Right. This is like the South after the Civil War. Sure. And I'm uh, not conflating Confederates to Nazis. Jesus. Um, sorry. Connor is going to send me a fucking letter if I don't. <laughs> Um, where was I? Oh, it, so there were Nazis in Germany after world war two and into the cold war. And that means that KGB spies who Russians hated the Nazis, like probably oh, more that, than Americans did. And probably. That, well, they got stabbed in the back by the Nazis so. also. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, uh, all their women got stabbed in the front too. So that too, I'm sorry. So they, they had whole culture of killing nazis in west germany you know so and from their perspective the nazis were in the american you know the western side side mm. of germany which you know they weren't wrong i mean like operation paperclip <laughs> was a fucking thing like they got me there <laughs> it kind of sucks right you look back at it and you're like well the russians were better anti-nazis for a longer period but i think they just sure. went a little extreme with their um vengeance well, let's go they were that. you know they were highly motivated yeah yeah and hopped up on stolichnia on russian standard hey stolichnia is made in lithuania my man i keep so. forgetting well that was part of the ussr they uh no? after when russia invaded yeah. ukraine a bunch of bars started dumping out so that's right we talked about it here I remember <laughs> it's now. like it's Stupid. not from russia dude yeah but anyways yeah anyway um, what do you wait hold on what do you think of this pipeline dog like do you think they're gonna turn it back on they'll turn it back on they need the money because they need to sell it yeah she needed the money uh your turn <laughs> or you want me to do this one too you had two in a row No, i'm gonna okay. skip that okay. one let's go to the next one uh london's heathrow airport capped the number of departing passengers at a hundred thousand per day until september uh, as many airports struggle with staff shortages and surging demand this is pretty that's pretty wild to say. That's a major yeah. fucking international airport. Yeah. And the, the fact that they can't have, get enough staffing, uh, pilots, et cetera, to move as many people as normally would go through those aer- that airport, um, they had to cap it. That's pretty startling, to be honest. I, I read that headline. I was like, what? They say, say they said it was, I thought this, so I imagine that this was airport staff, like people that have to go walk through security every day to fucking go to work. Like, I don't know, man. I don't want to do that. It's not just, it's well, it's airport staff. It's, it's, but it's like desk staff. It's It's, like, it's also pilots. It's also like there, uh, there are airlines that are having to cancel flights because they don't have people to fly. Well, is that because they fired all their pilots for not getting vaccinated? I don't think that many pilots were actually fired for not getting vaccinated. Yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty small percentage. Man, remember all those pretty level headed people. I think it's a good, that's a good altitude joke. (laughs) Which one you want to do next, bud? (laughs) 
okay, you do the headline, but I will talk the, about this. Pilots are fucking insane. What are you talking about? They go really? hundreds of miles an hour and fly steel tube, aluminum tubes through the sky. No, yeah, but to do that, you have to have a certain level. Level of head, sure. No, but I'm not going to be like, yeah, pilots are some of the smartest people. No, the smart people stay on the fucking earth where they don't <laughs> fall out of the sky ever. I don't know. I've met some pilots. They're, they tend to be very like methodical and like, you know. They think through things pretty well. There's At least a, the ones I've met. I, don't I, I worked with a guy from West Virginia, and probably uh-huh. the most famous West Virginian is Chuck Yeager. He, this guy I work with, he's an older dude. I learn like everything. I'm always just like, please just don't stop talking today. I just want to learn everything you know. <laughs> he's been in the trade for like 40 years. Um, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, actually, that's not true. He's bounced around a bit. He was an airline mechanic or airplane mechanic. Um, and he, he, because he's from the town where Chuck Yeager is from, and he was young enough to be like, really influenced wanted, by yeah i mean yeah. any pilot we talk about this a lot any pilot that does pilot voice if you look if you look out your left well, i'm doing mm-hmm. a horrible job uh it's a chuck yeager impression the, right. the pilots love that guy uh, i mean you should not the point well, who's so, not to left right yeah broke the <laughs> broke mach one sound barrier yeah he um this guy my coworker. he's like there's a bridge in my hometown and um Chuck says he's never flown his plane underneath it, but I have a picture of his plane going underneath it. So maybe somebody else was flying it. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, but I'm sure pilots are level-headed. Okay. I mean, I'm comparing him to a test pilot, but whatever. Let's move on. It's better if we okay. move on. So you do the headline, number All seven right. there. Uh, the Justice Department is investigating the PGA Tour for potential antitrust behavior in its response to rival Saudi-backed Live Golf League. So this Live Golf League is a spicy-ass meatball. Uh, it's, a, it's a spicy hummus dip. So, Dude, I have been wanting to talk about this for so long. Thank you. Really do sports Go. On this Go. Show. You got it. This is not. It was never a sports story. It was never a sports it's story. Not, it's okay. not. But. But it finally showed up in the headlines. I was like, you know what? I, I just, I'm leaving that shit in there. I just love uh, the, the antitrust. I mean, that it's definitely the way the PGA has responded to it. But well, I kind of like them doing it. Okay. So so essentially, this Saudi-backed golf league, uh, this upstart golf league came in, into force. And they started offering these huge purses, bigger than normally you would get on, on a PGA tour. Like a Louis um, Vuitton? Like Matt, like we're talking like $40 million purses, like just huge. Okay. Um, At purses is like awards. Right, right. Okay. The, the prize. prize All right. Purses. Sounds like you're saying that you're offering golfers purses, Alan. Okay. Um, and they also, uh, let's say there's, they have different formats. Like it's a, it's a three day uh, tournament instead of four days, like all the, oh, all yeah, the yeah. Stuff. Um, so a lot of golfers went because they're like, well, the money's good. And I only have to golf for three days instead of four days. It's better for me. Right. Um, people, Phil Mickelson went. You never okay. watch the day one anyways in those tourneys. I do. Okay. I'll watch. The if I was off on a Thursday, I would. Yeah. The Open uh, starts Thursday this week. I'll watch it. I know it's Friday Sweet. now we're doing the show. but Hell yeah. Um, anyways. <laughs> uh, so all, uh, a lot of, not a lot, but like. No, a lot 10, of big names. 15, they gave, they gave Mickelson like a billion dollars. They gave him a shit ton of money. Yeah. Um. And, and again, this is Saudi back. So this is MBS. This yeah. is this is right. Murder oh. murders people. So we can hit the uh, the conspiracy button. Guess where two of the courses that they're playing at in the U.S. <laughs> I, I keep hitting all the wrong buttons. <laughs> Remember Biden's dog? I do. <laughs> two courses in the U.S. are Trump courses. Ah, <laughs> well, of course they touched orbs, Alan. They're they're playing at Bedminster, New Jersey, and then the. Doral, I think Trump Doral in Miami or something like Atlanta that. Atlanta didn't ever burn. Atlanta was a false flag operation, and Abraham Lincoln was a crisis actor. Wow, that's so. Nice. Tell me, MBS and, and Donald Trump Jr. didn't just plan this, like you know, over a, a Skype call sometime yeah. in, in, the, in the last year. Like yeah. you know what? Let's let's start a golfing league. We well, like golf. it, okay. Well, it's it's they wouldn't have been the first to come up with this. The word is sports washing, right. and it's a way of making your country appealing on the global stage uh, by using sports. Ath- athletic success. Yeah. Sports diplomacy. Essentially. Sports diplomacy. Yeah. Um, anyways, the PGA has, has responded really vehemently. They kicked all these guys off the tour. They immediately removed them from the FedEx cup uh, world rankings. So they're no longer even in that. Um, they, they're not allowed to play in any PGA tournaments. Um, I mean, you know, even if they had exemptions or whatever, like they really went hard in the paint here. 
The P- PGA Tour doesn't have a lot to stand on in terms of like morals and ethics. Like they didn't <laughs> let women or blacks play until like, I don't know when. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's an old white boys club for sure. It has no, no, no. I'm pretty sure time. when I say that, like you could play if you were Hispanic and like, oh, he's Spanish. Like, <laughs> you know, like. Or you can play if you're like South African. My, or... my grandpa used to talk about um, before Jackie Robinson, there were players that were um, Cuban players that would play. And I think, or maybe it was a minor leagues game that he would watch. But uh, he, he would tell me about the announcer. He repeated the story enough that I remember. The announcer would go, man, look at that Cuban run. Just like really like laying into the fact that we all know he's not Cuban. Like, <laughs> Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. I hadn't heard that before. Yeah. That's crazy. And, and also being like, what's the difference? Like, not like, you know, in a racist way, just like, like absurdity, like a Coen Brothers sure. way. Like, look yeah. at that Cuban run. Wow. If you didn't know better, I would think... Wow. Wow. I wasn't aware of that. Anyways, so I thought the story was interesting. Um, We'll see where it goes. It sounds like antitrust. It definitely does. I don't know if they'll be able to actually. You should be able to do that. Fuck off. Like, I don't want this (laughs) rival state backed uh, entity like that to. Ah, something's going to ruin my day. Let's see if this is a. It's a. (laughs) Thermalizer. Seriously, your fucking soup warmer. (laughs) <laughs> well good thing the show's almost over yeah you know it's a quick one today so uh, um uh former japanese prime minister shinzo abe 67 was assassinated during a campaign speech in the city of nara a 41 year old man was arrested in connection with the attack and a gun which was apparently handmade not apparently it was handmade uh was found on site abe resigned in 2020 uh, but remained politically influential um yeah, this actually this headline is actually a little bit old, but we hadn't talked about it yet. Yeah, I don't know how that happened. No, it happened right um, after the show. Okay, that's what. Yeah, um, but somehow I didn't have. I, I mean, I, I didn't really have audios for it. You know, no, there wasn't really much audio. I don't yeah. think that could have been pulled for it. Um, I mean, I guess you could have pulled the audio of the actual yeah, shooting, yeah. but that wouldn't really. Um, do you see what that gun looked like? Of course. Yeah, they when they searched his house, they found a five barrel and a nine barrel also. So it's kind of a convoluted story as far as his uh, this guy's motivations, but apparently, at least what what I've read and seen is that there's some church uh, in South Korea that, for whatever reason, this guy associated uh, the prime former prime minister with, and his mother was also a member of this church, and for whatever reason, he had a an axe to grind with that hmm. church and so that's that more was than his, i had heard that that was his motivation for okay. killing him um it's it's kind of weird like the state doesn't seem to want to go into much detail about that I, it's kind of murky hmm. um so i'm not sure exactly what's going on there but that's that's the best of my knowledge what what happened so he got nine feet behind him he fired him well, from nine feet away man he he actually apparently had been planning this for quite a while um, and when he found out this was his hometown where Abe was coming, um, to do an event. And when he found out he was coming, that was his moment and he was going to do this. He got to the site, um, in advance of the event happening, figured out where Abe was going to be and positioned himself to be very close, as you said, wow. uh, to be able to do this. When you look at the history of like American presidents that have been assassinated, it's all just a list of why is this man so close to the president? Like Andrew Jackson would have been killed uh, if if it weren't for a guy's gun not not working twice. It might I can't remember if it, if it jammed twice or if it was two separate guns and both guns were like too afraid of killing the hero of New Orleans. So they're like, wow. I can't, I can't. No, Mr. Jackson, I'm so sorry. And then he beat the man nearly to death with his cane and the Secret Service had to peel him off. <laughs> Savage man, that man was a savage. Well, don't use that word around him. He'll send you to Oklahoma. Sorry, Miss Jackson. I don't think you got that joke. Hey, uh, isn't it weird that his name's Abe? It, it Abe, but yes, it's yeah. weird. Yeah. yeah, he wasn't that's, in theater or anything. No, no, that's uh, man, that's that's really like. I, I've been a little light about it, and I can't believe that. I'm sorry. Well, I can believe that, but I, it, it just that that made me sad. So my cousin, what a childish thing to say but my my cousin lives in japan and he uh he was the first person i thought of and i texted him because i it was late here when i heard about it so i knew it was early there mm-hmm. and, or it must have been after 
I can't do time. Uh, anyway, he, uh, he's like, yeah, I'm, I, I hit him up about him. Like, Hey man, how are you doing? How's everything over there? And he's like, great. You know, this is what's going on with work. How about you? And I'm like, well, I won't ruin his day. Uh, I had a good weekend. I did this. And then I was like, I waited a few minutes. I was like, Hey, I actually reached out to you. Cause I heard about your former prime minister. He's like, yeah, I just learned that after you text me. Oh, wow. Yeah. I mean, Abe was a very, very prominent, very, a uh, popular political figure. Um, he was sort of the face of Japan for, you know, all yeah. those years that he was the PM. Um, so I'm, you know, they, uh, I saw they did a private uh, ceremony for him. Um, yeah. They took and, him to his, uh, his family's home. Right. Yeah. And the, the outpouring of people, it was just incredible. And just everybody bringing flowers. They actually had to tell people to stop coming. They couldn't get any more people there. Um, it was just too crazy. People gave him um, a hard time saying that he had aligned with Trump, but I think he was trying to reposition Japan globally in a way that they kind of need to, because they have so many issues with population and e- their economics right now. Um, yeah, no, but, I agree with that. Uh, you know, it, was, it would have been foolish not to align with the American president, but I mean, he didn't do like Dutarte or something, you know? He No, definitely didn't do that. Yeah. Um, it, that. That culture, though, is so sort of reserved to just to see that outpouring of of emotion it almost it almost means even more than you know just seeing it there if that makes any sense no it does yeah yeah um well do you want to do the next one whatever the next one would be uh yeah federal jury found external coo ramesh suni balwani guilty of defrauding investors and patients about the blood testing startup the former partner to founder and ceo elizabeth holmes was convicted on all 12 criminal charges holmes is only found guilty of defrauding investors both faced up to 20 years in prison. So um, it was interesting because during the Holmes trial, she sort of made it, tried to make it put everything on him. Um, Obviously he did the same thing and tried to put everything on her. uh, And they both ended up, you know, guilty. Yeah. Yeah. How much time? Uh, Which I think 20 years. Wow. That's what it could be up to 20. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's well-deserved. I think that most of the evidence shows that they were both aware of what was going on and still trying to promote it. I will say, I got, yeah, go as somebody who's recently had to like get blood tested a lot, uh-huh. I understand now the appeal of what, why everybody was all gangbusters <laughs> about this company. Like it fucking sucks. Right. I mean, if imagine if it actually worked, holy shit, that would be amazing. Um, as opposed to having to get vials and vials of blood taken from you. Um, if you could just do a little, you know, little prick. Right. And um, it would do all seven tests. Or yeah. Whatever. Yeah. That would be amazing. So I get it now. I, I mean, I kind of got it before, but after actually having to go through it, I get it more. Um, but yeah, so there they go. There you go. They're both uh, facing 20 years for, for their crimes. Uh, let's see. The, you want to go into econ? Yeah. The, uh, the consumer price index increased by uh, 9.1% in June from a year ago, above expectations of 8.8 and marking the highest annual rate of inflation since 81 on a monthly basis. I needed to answer that. I got to silence it is what I was trying to do. Uh, uh, On a monthly basis, the index rose by 1.3%. Gasoline, shelter, and food were the largest contributors. Not good. Not good. Not good at all. Uh, The next headline, though, the U.S. economy added 372,000 jobs in June, above expectations of 250,000 and following a rise of 384 in May. Meanwhile, the unemployment rate held at 3.6%. Um, the Fed released its beige book today as we record, um, and which is sort of like like um, their impressions, I guess, of what the economy is doing at the moment. And it's still there's a huge labor shortage everywhere. People are having trouble hiring. This was a particularly bad case of somebody being cut in half. We're doing that. We're putting everything in the wrong place. And then we're finding out towards the end of they always use the uh, house builder as the example in that. And you just like you found out towards the end of building the house that you put all the tiles over this. You, you, know, you just kept making the roof bigger and bigger. And you found out you didn't actually have the goods to, to to complete the project. And if you find out earlier, you can adapt the project, make it smaller, whatever. But like you just don't get those signals when you have a Fed and the Fed, you know, sometimes being whipped up into political pressures or misunderstanding the market and uh, keeping rates low for whatever reasons, you know, and and now we're seeing the consequence of that. We've had historically low interest rates for a decade. Decade plus. Yeah. People have been talking about free money forever until like two months ago. 
NASA released more images from the James Webb Space Telescope, including the Carina Nebula and Stevens Quintet. These images have been incredible. Um, if you compare them to anything that we had previously from the Hubble, it's just like orders of magnitude better. Um, I mean, this thing's only been in operation for a very short time. Really excited to see uh, what else comes of that. Yeah, me too. I, I've, yeah, they are really impressive. There's been a bunch of memes saying 4.6 billion light years away. You there? Yeah, it said right error. Oh. We'll see how this goes. Um, I don't know. You, In case it cut out, you were talking about the quality of the images coming from the James Webb Space Telescope. Um, yeah, all the memes are like, you know, 4.6 billion light years away and, you know, 10 feet away on a security camera and just how bad the resolution is. Like, kind of funny. <laughs> that's, that's funny. Um, that's, that's true. Yeah. Um, although billions of dollars in James Webb and not yeah. so much in the security camera. Yeah. Um, they, they found a planet, which is like, uh, I think, 100 light years away that has water vapor in its atmosphere. Do you feel like nobody's that impressed? Like, I, I think that's cool, but I don't feel like, like, it seems like the type of thing they're like, oh my God, you know, if it was 10 years ago or something. Yeah, I think people are, maybe people are a little, don't quite grasp the, uh, or, what we're actually Or it's just not about. interesting right now with yeah. the perspective that we have. Yeah. Especially with everything else going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's do. Let's skip the in other news and behind the paywall. Let's just get into our media diet because I don't know if the phone rang on the show or if I silenced it in time. I got a service call, so yay me. <laughs> yeah, no worries. Right. So uh, I finished Terminal List. Um, I got to tell you, I really liked it a lot. It's by far the best thing I've seen on any streaming service this year. I'll say that. Um, I, I really liked it. Yeah, I liked uh, it. I've liked it a lot too so far. I saw it uh, up to it's episode not like, four. It's not like groundbreaking cinema. Don't no. Think, but it is good. And it's it has this pacing almost like 24 <sighs> where it just keeps you like it keeps going, keeps coming at you. And you never really know where what's happening next or yeah. what is actually happening behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, yeah. You really question the the narrative. Um, yes. And and I get the feeling that doesn't quite that doesn't really ever stop. I mean, it I don't see why stop. it would stop. Yeah, exactly. It really doesn't. Uh, and and I, then, I would even say at the end of episode one, there was sort of a feeling like, okay, you're kind of like setting everything up. It, it wasn't that grabbing at the end of episode one, although it was interesting. Mm -hmm. um, but I think like really, I think the end of ep by by episode three, it it's really you start to see how well done it is and what they're trying to tell you and yeah. how they're trying to make you feel. Yes, and the violence is is. Um, uh, so I don't think I've ever seen an arm bar actually carried through to its ultimate um, ending. And man, let me tell you, uh, that was something. Yeah. Uh, uh, that scene where he's in the ocean with the log is pretty, that's quite a thing too. Um, I remember that. That's towards the end. Okay. Anyways, um, it's, it's, it, I think it's a really good show. Uh, I recommend it. Highly. Yeah. Yeah. Can't wait to finish it. I would have watched more of it tonight, but I'm going to go to a pen. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Get some soup for me. I watched a few things this week besides Terminal List. I watched the Nicolas Cage movie, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. So it stars... Oh! Yeah. How was that? It's... You know, I, I about like 20 minutes in, I leaned over to Natasha and I was like, he needs to get a second Academy Award. Really? I, th I it, He's so good in it. And like, I know it's like, oh, he's playing himself. It's like, well, he's playing a character of himself. Like he's mostly right. playing himself, but like he's playing the him. Really he's playing the himself that you want to see him being, which right. has to be acting. Oh, like, yeah, like it, it's good and it's well written. Um, it's fun. It's uh, okay. Yeah, I will, I, I will watch it. It's, I've been, I've been thinking there's some it fear of that movie being a flop, and I would say definitely not enjoy it. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, it's pay per view, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, but it finally came down to like six bucks. So I was like, all right, fine. Worth I didn't it. want to spend 20 on it. Yeah. 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 The, I finished The Boys. That's really good. I think you need to see it. I'm That's on my list. Start that. next. Good, good, good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I started a terminal list. Oh, you know what? I thought when I watched that, that it was, um, I thought it was Chris Pine. He's dead. No, no, no. Chris Pine's not dead. I thought he was dead. No. The guy from Star Wars, Star Trek? Star Trek? Yeah. He didn't die. No, no, no. He wasn't the one that died. The Russian actor died. Or the oh yeah okay oh god okay my bad that's okay <laughs> i feel so much better now that he's not dead. yeah yeah it's just that other guy well that I, other guy <laughs> <laughs> oh he got rolled over by his car right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. that's sad uh you thought that was chris pine you just thought his career ended i thought he died no yeah, for real. no uh anyway uh no and it's chris pratt died last week yeah who 
Didn't you think somebody died last week? Oh, like, yeah. I thought the guy from... Oh, yeah. I thought Mr. Bean was dead. I can't talk. Right, right. All right, fine. <laughs> All right. Um, do you want to... Okay, we got to do our presidential uh, tourney. So okay. the presidential tournament is number 16 versus number... I don't recall. Uh, it's going to be... It's So this is uh, Herbert Hoover versus Woodrow Wilson. Jeez. I, you know, I don't really know that. I can't think of anything about Hoover off top well, of my head. Well, Hoover gets blamed for the Great Depression. Okay. But not necessarily appropriate. But um, uh, Wilson's still worse. Wilson is worse. I, I would say I can give you reasons to like Hoover so that okay. you would not want him to advance in the worst president. Um, in he helped coordinate the uh, the the food given to Europe after World War One and prevented millions of people from starving. Um, I like that. Yeah, he was kind of that was sort of like his mystique that he had around him that ended up getting him elected uh, was because hmm. after the Great Flood of 1927, he was the coordinator of the response to that. And the controversy with that is that um, they sort of let the Red Cross individually take care of that in their local areas. And mm -hmm. there was a lot of uh, racial discrimination with it. But mm -hmm. in general, he was a good coordinator, kind of the type of person you'd want to see uh, in, in the presidency. So I don't think he necessarily deserves the bad rap, but nonetheless, he was the president when the Great Depression hit. So mm -hmm. can't okay. do nothing about that. So Woodrow Wilson advances. What are rules and events? All right. Um, I don't think I am going to do a Teddy time this time. I got to go run this call. Yeah, no worries. All right, man. I had a good show. Right, take I, care. I, that was, it was fun. Drive safe. All right. All right you bye. too. Thanks. Bye. Come in the name of peace. I'm pooping right now. Is Kevin McCarthy a moron? And if so, why? Why would you say something that stupid? I come without explanations or solutions. I'm a very sexy lady. <laughs> Ted Cruz, go fuck yourself. Read the news. God bless United States. <laughs> now this is podcasting.